Hello and welcome to our podcast, Hello Apollo, a weekly podcast which looks at health news and brings to you the latest and most credible information around health issues that you might be facing or interesting to know more about. And this week, I'm delighted to have with me Dr. Vinnie Kanthru, Senior Consultant Respiratory Medicine at Indraprastha Apollo Hospitals and a specialist uh, on COVID uh, who has seen multiple waves of COVID in India uh, and has a huge body of work uh, to reflect on and also guide us. So, Dr. Vinnie, thank you for your time and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Karan, for calling me here. Thanks a lot. Delighted. Uh, so, as you know, uh, COVID has been in the news again, unfortunately, uh, with a lot of information, misinformation swirling around. Uh, we've seen some cases uh, coming out of countries across the world, but most notably from China. And uh, they have been causing a lot of concern uh, amongst governments, uh, amongst the citizens uh, uh, as such, uh, and uh, are also leading to panic reactions from many people. And through this podcast, we actually want to dive a little bit deeper into the issue of COVID. Where are we right now, both in India, then look at what is happening around the world and what uh, you know impact the global situation could have in India and also what we can do to protect ourselves. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Vinny, let me start with a vital question, uh, which is what is the situation of COVID in India uh, forgetting all the news that is coming from outside. All right. So, uh, yes, you mentioned that we are again in that phase wherein we are facing certain kind of misinformation about COVID. If we see India right now, the number of cases weekly has been in hundreds. Uh, so to say, it's not even 200. It's less than 200 weekly cases. So our uh, number of cases is very, very low at the moment. And that is a very heartening news. We have been able to curb the infection since the last wave, which we faced uh, in January 2022, which was the Omicron surge. Yes, we have had sporadic infections here and there. But as all of us know, these are a part of pandemics, the, the tail ending of uh, uh, looking uh, situation. So at the moment, we are in the right uh, kind of frame of COVID situation. And I wish it remains so, especially in the new season and the new year, which is going to come ahead. Right. So, uh, as I understand it, we saw the Omicron phase, a lot of infections there, but uh, relatively mild disease. Um, currently, in your clinic and in your practice, how many people are presenting with COVID-like symptoms uh, and how many are actually getting diagnosed uh, in terms of broad number? Right. So, if I see 10 patients a day, I would suspect COVID kind of infections in only one of my infections. Most of the infections which are coming are seasonal flu and viral infections, which are very well known and common in winter season due to a number of reasons, which we all know, cold air, many number of viruses uh, crowding together in cold season. So anyway, we have a lot of viral infections in, in winter season, uh, considering the pollution uh, levels also. We are seeing VZ bronchitis, which is related to the allergic reactions, which is happening towards the pollution also. So not an alarming situation. These kind of cases, if I find that I'm suspecting COVID, especially in people with comorbidities, we get them tested 
and they are getting better at home. We don't have any uh, inpatients, so to say we don't have any admissions happening for the last three months uh, for COVID right now. Uh, so uh, to our uh, listeners, I'd just like to reiterate that, uh, yes, it, it, uh, uh, the COVID the situation is well under control. Of course, doctors are looking at it and are also looking at patients who might present with possible uh, symptoms and diagnosis of it. But again, as Dr. Vinnie pointed out, only one in 10 in her practice um, uh, is now showing up as COVID or COVID positive. It could be uh, that people come with a lot of similar symptoms, but it's not really COVID. So the situation is, is not one to create any panic at the moment. But let's move to the more alarming situation. Uh, Dr. Vinnie, what is happening in China? Uh, what is your reading of the situation? Right. So whatever we see of China is, is the forwarded videos which we have on uh, social media, WhatsApp, and some part of it is also being shown in the news. Of course, we have uh, videos coming up of piles of uh, people unfortunately losing their lives. But also we should consider the fact that China has never opened up uh, uh, completely from its zero COVID policy. They had uh, very, you know, kind of dreaded uh, policies for zero COVID situation. So at last they had to open up because they can't keep the lockdown uh, for years together. So this surge is actually showing that the people there are very, very naive. They have not been exposed to the virus and they have had their, uh, uh, you know, their vaccination way back, which was two doses of vaccination only. So people there haven't suffered the kind of infections and the waves which we have seen, actually. We have suffered three waves of COVID already. And the most dreaded, as all of us know, was the Delta wave, which came in 2021, followed by the Omicron, which was the number of people getting COVID was high. But fortunately, we had a good situation. We had good vaccination coverage, and hence we did not have so much of uh, admissions happening due to COVID. But if you have a large body of population getting affected at once, which includes elderly and comorbid population, definitely the hospitals are going to pay the price in terms of number, sheer number of people which they have to treat, even if a patient is getting sick, uh, uh, you know, due to due to their per se, which COVID is uh, known to precipitate because we have seen if a patient is suffering from diabetes, even an Omicron infection can make their diabetes worse, which might need admission. So to say, not per se due to breathlessness or severe presentation, but due to their comorbidities, they need admission. So definitely the hospitals are going to see this number of cases in China. Their, uh, their population is naive. Their vaccination uh, has happened uh, in, in 2020, which is two years back. And we all know that China is the most populous country in the world. So the share number has been a problem in China. I hope the situation uh, is, is curbed sooner uh, uh, there in China and we don't have to see any kind of problems with their people. Uh, right. if, we, if we compare this situation, uh, Karan, with India, uh, so if we see the newer variants which we would be talking ahead uh, in, in our podcast, uh, these variants have been detected in India since uh, since September, October, and some of them even in July, first in West Bengal and Gujarat. So 
there should be no panic and no panic situation and we are safe to say that these kind of variants are here for relatively two to three months and and uh, luckily we haven't seen that surge of patients coming on to us to get admitted with that severe kind of pneumonia and critical situation where the patients were losing uh, their oxygen levels and uh, dropping them like anything right right so i, I think uh, dr vinis uh, contextualized it uh, very well um, uh, one is that there was zero covid policy uh, which basically meant that uh, large parts of the country uh, was in a strict lockdown Number two, just the uh, exposure to the virus is going to cause numbers to go up. And with people who have comorbid conditions, it is going to be deadly, even if it is the most mild uh, type of COVID. And mind you, uh, even the normal flu can be uh, quite disruptive or destructive for a person's life uh, if they have comorbidity. So it's very important to put this into context. And, uh, and thank you, Dr. Vinny, for doing that. And as you spoke about uh, variants, let me let me just draw your attention to, uh, uh, you know, variants. And uh, could you just explain to our uh, uh, listeners, I know people have been quite exhausted with the COVID now, uh, but what are variants and, and how do they come about? And uh, basically, what is Delta and what is Omicron? And where are we now in terms of multiple variants? Right. So uh, if we talk about variants, there are many number of variants which are in circulation uh, at the moment. And we all know uh, these RNA viruses are very, very prone to mutations. But with COVID has been alarming, every month we have been seeing many number of variants which are coming into the picture. If we talk of India, the most dominant variant at the moment, which constitutes about 65% uh, of, uh, of the genomic sequencing, which we are doing on COVID, is actually XBB, uh, which is thought to be very dreaded virus uh, if we go on to the news, which is coming on to the social media. So people are even saying that uh, this virus is about um, so much dreaded that it can cause infections in in 10 to 18 number of people by a single person yes it might be an infective virus but we have to keep in mind the more infective the viruses become their severity on the whole we have seen goes down with the with the rna viruses so that is a good news XBB, 65% of uh, our population at the moment, based on the INSA-COG uh, data which we sent from our hospital to. Other than this, we have seen other number of variants, which includes BA1 uh, and BA2, which was responsible for the third wave, which was the Omicron surge back then in uh, January 2022. After that came in the BA4 and BA5, uh, which drew a, a small little surge in the months, in the summer months of May to June. And then these sublineages, which is the XBB1, uh, XBB2, uh, BQ1, these are all a part of BA5, which was first detected in South Africa. So we have seen sporadic number of these kind of variants already prevalent in our population we should not be creating any kind of panic situation regarding them. But yes, they, they are variants uh, uh, of uh, uh, you know, interest at the moment, and we right. should keep our surveillance on uh, for these variants. Right. So uh, the important message uh, that you're conveying is that this is not what we are seeing now in China or even here 
if they are not new variants, uh, they, are, they have been in the system. Uh, and that's a, a sort of uh, news of comfort, let's say. So uh, all of those who are talking about new variants, uh, please note there is no new variant. Um, yes, uh, all of those ones that we have been spoken about have been in our system for very long and, and our data uh, shows it. Um, so, um, uh, Dr. Vinny, if we see the uh, new variants uh, that are out there or, you know, the dominant variants, like you said, XBB, uh, which is prevalent in 65% of the cases, um, are they causing any different type of disease? How do you diagnose yourself with COVID? Is this any different from uh, previous uh, episodes that one may have had? So the denominator symptoms, if we say, are similar. It is a rapid respiratory infection. It causes you cough, cold, blockage of nose, uh, sore throat, which is very, very common, change in voice, fever, of course, which is high grade for uh, one to three days and starts abating by the third day. Uh, one or two cases uh, do complain of uh, body aches, but that is not the predominant symptom which we see with Omicron. Uh, the more common uh, uh, features are actually upper respiratory symptoms, which is very, very common with Omicron. Also, we have seen gastrointestinal symptoms very common with this kind of variant, which means that people can get nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, or on the other hand, constipation also. And these features are more common in females. So these are one of the commoner symptoms which uh, patients do present with. Also, a uh, 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 word of caution for people who have comorbidities, they can actually get derangement in their levels of uh, sugar if they are diabetic. They might even, uh, uh, you know, complain of chest pain, wherein they should see a doctor immediately because we have seen COVID per se, whether th that was the wild virus or these are the new variants, is a virus which causes increase in the clotting mechanisms in the body. So if you are experiencing certain symptoms, which are the alarm uh, symptoms or the red herring, which means chest pain, any weakness in any part of the body, especially if it is one-sided, any swelling in unilateral limb, then these symptoms need to be discussed with your healthcare professional or your doctor immediately. These can be an indication of clotting in the body, which needs to be ruled out. So, uh, so, so those are the things to really look out for. Uh, and what is your advice now on masking? All right. So a lot of discussions happening on the masking. We have seen on Twitter uh, fights happening between pro-mask people and anti-mask people. But if you ask me, I am an asthmatic myself. And since the time I have started using mask, I have gone down on the number of exacerbations, which I used to see in a, uh, in a year. It has gone down drastically. So I see a lot of people with upper respiratory infections. It could be viral, bacterial, and number of pneumonia. Since the time I have started using mask, my number of exacerbations came down. I didn't get those symptoms again and again. It is multi-pronged. It can uh, help you prevent ill effects of pollution. Also, other viruses, uh, tuberculosis, which is an endemic disease in India, also goes down with the use of mask. So if you are a healthcare right. professional... Uh, 
or if you have comorbidities, I think uh, the use of mask is absolutely essential. If you are in, in, in a situation where you have a social gathering where you know the, the mixed population is coming on, especially from other countries, we see that relatives come in this uh, season and they mingle with us uh, with so many social gatherings happening. If you are in a closed situation, in a closed room, there is a party going on, I recommend wearing of mask. Of course, in an open environment, if it is, if, if it is uh, you know, less crowded, you can uh, go away not using the mask, but it is really, really high highly recommended and I think this is the best possible vaccine which we have at present um, with proven efficacy. Right, right. And I know that, um, you know, uh, your advice, uh, so many people will listen and I'm sure we'll get a lot of feedback on that on Twitter. And uh, for, for our listeners, Dr. Vinny is very active on Twitter and please do follow her because she has some excellent advice that she puts out uh, periodically, uh, not just on COVID, but on uh, many other things. Uh, so we look to see how that uh, debate evolves. Um, and uh, what about uh, travel? Uh, so if uh, a lot of people would be traveling now by air, by rail, uh, other means, uh, what is your advice uh, on masking uh, for travel? All right. So very simple situation in terms of traveling. If you have upper respiratory infection, any kind of cough, fever, please don't travel. Please don't put yourself and others into trouble. By just being at home for five to seven days and curing your disease, you are preventing a pandemic. Please keep that in mind. On the other hand, I don't think there is a situation where we should put on curbs on traveling at the moment. But yes, a very simple advice would be if you are on a, on a short flight, which is uh, varying between four to six hours, you can go... Uh, not eating anything during those four to six hours and removing your mask. So we have seen during eating uh, in flight, we have to remove our mask. And that is the situation where you would be more prone to catching the, the infection. So if it is a short flight, please do not remove your mask. Please wear it meticulously. And I'm saying it with authority that even uh, uh, you know, studies which have been carried out in healthcare professional who were dealing with COVID positive patients, they spent a lot of time inside with COVID positive patients. Use of si simple surgical mask was as effective as using an N95 mask. So simple surgical mask is as effective as N95 mask. Do not remove your mask if it is a short flight. Yes, of course, if it is a long flight, eat your uh, food as quickly as possible and put back the mask. And right. it is recommended that you please change your mask in six to eight hours because that is when the humidity sets in, your mask gets wet and the effectiveness goes down. Right. So the very clear advice on, uh, on how to uh, protect yourself, especially while you're traveling. Um, and um, uh, also very clear advice on what type of masks are effective. Uh, my next question uh, would be on vaccination and boosters. Uh, I know a lot of uh, uh, doctors have started to receive now queries on boosters. So typically everybody uh, got two vaccines, uh, you know, two doses of the vaccine uh, in the previous years. And a certain section of the population, vulnerable populations and healthcare workers got the third uh, dose. Now, uh, my questions are twofold. One is a lot of people are asking about getting the fourth dose if they've got the third one. And number two, if you've got two, uh, who should get the third one? All right. So first we take up the fourth dose vaccination. At the moment, uh, 
most of uh, the uh, you know the experts on covid are virologists are people who have manufactured these vaccines do not recommend taking a fourth dose we still have to upgrade our uh, vaccines in terms of tweaking in uh, these kind of mutations which we see with the newer variants which is the omicron etc so fourth dose at the moment is not recommended coming on to the third dose who should be taking a third dose people with comorbidities this is a clear cut indication that we have seen people who have comorbidities need to get their third dose in place because that has been seen in studies to prevent the kind of mayhem which uh, covid can create including the the uh, long covid symptoms also so people with comorbidities uh elderly people which means uh those not having any kind of comorbidities but aged and healthcare professional who are more prone to getting uh, exposed to covid positive patients so these are the people who should be getting uh, you know covid vaccination in terms of the third dose right uh and um you know we're just drawing the conversation to a close uh, if you are diagnosed uh with covid if you are proof positive covid uh, uh, what do you need to do i know one is not to panic but uh, what is your advice to a person who's uh, been diagnosed person who has been diagnosed uh, with covid 19 home they need to rest for at least they are less infective to others uh, if you are symptomatic which means that you are getting high fever simple antipyretics which means uh, a paracetamol uh, which is 650 mg which can be taken at the max four times a day with a gap of 4 hours between two doses is the medication which is going to help your fever as well as the other body ache kind of symptoms and uh, you know the malaise which comes with the fever um upper uh, respiratory symptoms can well be taken care by the decongestants which are available over the counter which includes antihistamines also they can well take care of your symptoms uh hydration is very very important as we spoke that uh, there is increased clotting mechanisms which are triggered in the body by covid virus so keeping yourself hydrated is absolutely essential your blood becomes sluggish when you are dehydrated so sluggishness in the vessels uh in your body does cause increased increased to take enough fluids to keep your yourself well hydrated taking adequate rest is proven to take care of of viral infections and help your body fight the infection in a better manner as i spoke earlier if people have had comorbidities in the past they need need to discuss with their uh, healthcare pro- professionals their regular doctors about their other comorbidities and taking extra medication which might be required for example for diabetes which can get deranged due to any kind of infection and of course if you are suffering from any kind of alarm symptoms which could be chest pain swelling in the leg weakness in any part of the body uh, especially which is one sided not able to speak this could be a, a you know a harbinger of stroke or any kind of clotting happening in your uh, uh, deep veins which means the deep venous thrombosis then at once you need to visit uh, the nearest hospital and get yourself checked right right so uh, uh, listeners as you would have heard you know very precise clear uh, instructions and guidance uh, from dr vinny as always um, dr vinny thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode 
I think you'll allay a lot of fears of people, uh, get them uh, more clear on on what to do and what not to do, which is obviously not panic. Um, uh, and thank you for you know uh, this explainer. I think this is going to be very very useful for everybody. And last but not the least, we did speak of uh, the the nasal vaccine. We we yes. did which we touched a little. I'm, uh, I'll just add on a point uh, for the nasal vaccine, which has come up actually. So nasal vaccine has certain kind of advantages, which is in terms of, of course, the administration, which is which is involved in the form of a spray. So right. it is very, very easy, very painless, especially for children who are reluctant to go ahead uh, with the needle prick. Right. The other thing is that nasal vaccine triggers a local mucosal immunity, which is in the form of IgA immunity, which can fight the virus there and then through the portal of entry, which means your nose. So right. if your number of division of the virus goes down, the infectivity can become less because you are, you know, producing less, you're reproducing less number of viruses inside your nose, which can take away a part of infectivity of the virus, which of course has to be proven, uh, uh, you know, once we start using this uh, vaccine on a mass scale. The third right. advantage is that the 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 nasal vaccine which has uh, come up from the bharat biotech uh, is in itself a very very good vaccine in terms of the storage which it which it uh, uh, requires the temperature right. is uh, which is required is only 2 to 8 degree centigrade which means that uh, the cold chain is not very very harsh which we have to maintain and we can take this uh, vaccine to areas which are less accessible Sure. Also, in a pandemic situation, if we have to mass vaccinate, you know, it is quicker form of vaccination, just putting on the drops inside your nose, which can take care of uh, a lot of people being vaccinated at once. So for a population which is uh, which is as large as our country, uh, this vaccine could actually uh, be proving a boon to everybody. Right, right. So, that, yeah, thank you for actually bringing up the nasal vaccine, which is uh, which has the potential to be a quite a game changer. Uh, for our mass vaccination program. Uh, so, Dr. Vinny, thank you for uh, for sharing your thoughts and your time. Uh, it's been incredibly helpful. Thank you so much, Karan. Thanks a lot. That was Dr. Vinny Kansru, Senior Consultant, Respiratory Medicine at Indraprastha Apollo Hospitals. Please do reach out to us uh, on our social media platforms uh, or ringing us up at the hospital if you want to reach out to Dr. Vinny and have any other concerns or would like to uh, seek an appointment with her. Uh, and I'll be back uh, next week uh, with another specialist uh, discussing another issue of uh, concern around your health to keep you healthy and safe. Uh, till that time, uh, have a wonderful uh, Christmas weekend. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy. Thank you. Okay, Saurabh.